0: Blue Wire. NBA Most Valuable Player Giannis Giannis trailing the love yes.
1: Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Uh, The Euro Step is a Blue Wire podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Untuck It and by Manscaped. More on that later. For now, uh, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks moving to 6-2 on the season with a 129-124 win over the LA Clippers in LA that, of course, being a Bucks game in the 2019-20 season came down to the wire and was very dramatic, and here to talk about that and much more with me today, as usual... On the Eurostep, my great, fantastic co-host Rohan Cadi. Rohan, how's it going?
2: Uh, I'm doing great. We're ready to talk some Bucks basketball. It's a late night here, West Coast road trip. Tend to do it to you, so let's let's just jump right in.
1: Let's just go right at it. I mean, just a programming note. This is for the people that we're depriving ourselves of sleep because we I, we were texting about when do we want to record, and it's like tomorrow night. Ah. You just don't get a lot of listening time before there's a new game. And then by then things change a little bit. You know, you don't you don't get the more most up to date topics. So we're we're grinding it out for you the people. So I, I hope that's appreciated. Anyway. Yeah. No one cares. Absolutely no one cares. But <laughs> it's okay. Regardless of that, let's talk Bucks Clippers here. Uh, as as I tend to do, I'm just gonna toss it to you right away, Rohan. What were your kind of key takeaways from this game here?
2: Uh, well, we even though it was a close game, like you said, they sort of, you know, let the Clippers get back into it after they got a lead in the first half. They they did end up winning the game, which again is all that matters. And they did it. It wasn't very convincing fashion, but we had some breakout performances from guys like Eric Bledsoe. We had some weird performances from some guys, and uh, we saw Giannis hitting a bunch of threes, which was in-
1: incredible. It was incredible. Uh, Giannis four for seven from deep. It ties his career high. I think the last time he hit four was in a Boston game in like 2016. I remember Matt Velasquez tweeting that he was covering for Charles Gardner for that game, and I was like, oh wow, that's I hadn't, hadn't thought about. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Charles in a little while in, in terms of covering Bucks, but. A great time, a great reporter, certainly. Um, Giannis with a really efficient night from everywhere, which is funny because at one point he was like what three for ten I think early, like yeah, he was I think forcing so. shots. It wasn't mm-hmm. a good start, and it's so funny because he ends 38-16-9, 9 sixteen nine two steals two blocks just three turnovers. Nearly got the triple double on a couple sequences late, but didn't. Who cares? We're not we're not Thunder or Rockets a podcast, so we don't need to worry <laughs> about that but Giannis 10 for 21 Lakers, from the field
2: Lakers podcast now
1: Oh yeah we're not a Lakers podcast either <laughs> That's that's a good one Giannis 10 for 21 from the field 4 for 7 from 3 14 for 18 from the free throw line and I think he missed two in the last few minutes and then to steal the game he uh he gets a pass beyond midcourt as the Bucks advance to essentially run out most of the clock there and one of the last few possessions of the game and uh, the ball. He, he, Giannis dishes the ball. It goes, I think, to Middleton, to Bledsoe, back to Giannis, and Giannis just hot potatoes it over to Chris Middleton like, I do not want to deal with this right now. <laughs> um, even on a good shooting night, probably the right decision there from Giannis. But how encouraged are you by Giannis all of a sudden finding a shooting stroke from three-point range and from the, the charity stripe and just turning what looked like a rough start into an all-around great game?
2: Uh, well, just to start off with the shooting, I think for the, how long has it been the last like three, four games that he's had such a higher arc on his free throws? Is it four yeah. games? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it was like right in the middle of a game, right? I'm trying to yeah. remember what game it was, but I remember there was like the the concern, like, oh God, this is going to be a nightmare if this keeps happening. And then like he gets fouled like a couple minutes later and whatever game it was, excuse me for I, I think it was the Orlando Magic. I think it was the Magic game. And all of a sudden you just see like this big arc and they just started dropping it's like oh okay that that works i guess we solved it
2: yeah and then ever since then he's been shooting free throws at a much higher clip and they look so much prettier and it's just it seems like he's just sort of figured it out he has like sort of mechanics down on the shot it always it always seems to be in the right spot it's it's very consistent now which again is weird considering he switched mid-game But he's starting to find his shooting stroke a little. He's making threes in consecutive games. He's making four threes in a game like tonight. And it's just, it's very encouraging, especially this early in the season. Because when you look back at last season, it took him a while to get sort of into a rhythm. But in game nine, he's sort of starting to find his
1: stride. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was nice to see this game from Giannis the second half especially because he really willed the team he picked up the team and got them the win uh I mean plus minus of course can be fluky but Giannis leads the team with a plus 13 on the game and it certainly felt that way especially in the second half for him um my man Chris Middleton did not have the best game uh, if you missed it on Twitter LA nightlife la nightlife got to chris i i told someone in some random other group chat not the euro group which on discord had a lot of fun during the game shout out to the euro group we got some some stuff to go over out of those conversations later we'll get there but a different discord actually the chase down discord shout out to my blue wire familia um i i said chris middleton must have been up late watching the morning show on apple tv because he seems tired and mildly disappointed at the same time <laughs> um that's a long running gag oh, where I, I really goodness. truly think Chris Middleton does nothing but watch Netflix like when they're on the road, but not always great LA games from Chris Middleton. So I could be wrong on that. Chris is three for 13 from the field, uh, zero for five from deep, 13 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, also two turnovers. Uh, not a great game for Chris. Worst plus minus in the starters with minus nine. And when I say not a great game, I mean a downright bad game. And even more than just like not hitting the shots, he just did not look right. I mean, the three shots he hit—if I—I think I remember all of them—and they all, the ones he hit, like he looked like same old Chris Middleton. I mean, one was a really nice turnaround jumper, and he's really good at hitting those, especially over smaller defenders. But I mean, he like he got a a pass that would have started a fast break at one point in transition. He just fumbled it horribly. Like he mm. just looked off tonight. And that is yeah, a little off putting. You just did. hope that he puts it behind him and cleans it up for the Utah game on Friday.
2: Yeah, it almost felt like he was he was just being lazy at times, but it's that's not usually what we tend to see from Chris Middleton. So that it, again, it just seemed off, but it felt it felt kind of lazy.
1: It did. It really did. It, it was certainly it just not it wasn't what you wanted to see, but I'm not going to be overly concerned until it's and one. So game. We see, yeah, exactly. Unless it carries over. I mean, it wasn't tremendous last game, but he certainly it wasn't like yeah. this. But
2: he has he has strung together a nice couple of games. He's been coming out strong, scoring a bunch of points. He's been playing really efficiently. So one game should not be starting to cause concern. If it starts to be a pattern, then we can start to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming to this, he's literally shooting sixty, fifty, eighty-five. So it's probably unrealistic to expect him to sustain that. Although. I certainly wouldn't complain if he did. Um, we should probably talk about the Bucks' point guard play in this one. And I don't know. I, we, maybe we're diving too deep into the Clippers game. Part of that could be, I don't know if the Wolves game was really worth talking about for much besides basket gate. Um, <laughs> which, I don't know. Were you, were you like, were, I think you were following along the whole way as well, right? I was, right? Yes. yes. So, I was. just a brief aside for anyone who missed it. The Timberwolves game nearly started as late as the Clippers game did. I think just about a full hour after the set start time because I mean basically just because the the basket wasn't the, the rim was not lined up right, like the angle was off yeah, somehow. The alignment which, was off. And I when when I saw this I didn't I didn't hear this answered or anything, but I was wondering like was it off all year? Like was it right in earlier games? How often do the baskets and the target center move? I don't know. Those questions were not answered. But the first, the Wolves are going to take that basket away and bring in a new basket. They bring in the new basket. The new basket just, like, doesn't work. Zora Stevenson doing some inspired reporting from uh, Minneapolis there on, on those developments. And eventually, they just ended up fixing the first basket, which you think if that was an option, they would have done it right away, but whatever. Um, but then, I mean, the Bucks kind of just took control and, and walked away. I mean, I don't know. Did anything, anything particularly fascinating from that game, in your opinion, Rohan?
2: Uh, yes, there was a stretch at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, where it did not feel like actual basketball was being played. Both teams were just trying to turn the ball over as much as possible and not score.
1: Yeah, so that, that was, was fun. Tough. That was, kind it was of tough. It, for it was a, a very
2: rough game. <laughs> it was. It, <laughs> when, it was. When, yeah.
1: Nearly 30 point win for the Bucks, so you can't complain too much. But I mean, a lot of that, of course, Carl Anthony Towns sits out of that one. So that kind of. Makes it difficult for the uh, the wolves. Andrew Wiggins pretty solid game, but he did that thing where like he'll start making shots like that are really good. And you're like, oh wow, is, is is Andrew Wiggins finally turning this corner? And then he just disappears for a full quarter, and he's pretty much constantly disappearing on defense. Yeah. To- so,
2: Tony Snell esque,
1: truly. Tony Snell, twenty four points, nine for nine shooting tonight. Yeah, perfect game for Tony Snell. Shout out to him. I still hate the John Lui trade. Um, Rohan, tell me about. The Bucks point guard play tonight because probably we didn't lead with it but it probably is the biggest story of the game
2: yeah well coming right off the gates we saw a spectacular shooting night from Eric Bledsoe he came out he had knocked down his first shot attempt which was a three he continued to knock down threes he had four of them shooting 50% from the field four for it 50% from three my bad four for eight and he um he himself, he got into some early foul trouble, which sort of limited his performance, but he came out looking aggressive. But then the guy who really took over was George Hill, scoring 24 points, which I think is a season high for him. Am I, am I
1: correct? Uh, in I'll pull it up as you talk, but I think it's a pretty safe bet.
2: Yes. Uh, so George Hill came out. He was looking aggressive. Six for seven from three, which was just insane to see. He was just hitting shot after shot. Pull ups, especially uh, around the third quarter when the Clippers were getting back into the game. He hit one shot from the top of the key. That's sort of that sort of ended a uh, Clippers run. That's it. It. it uh, the Bucks need momentum, and they got it from George Hill. Like they got buckets when they needed it, which is something that we just, we were talking about on our last episode, which is that the bucks often go in these stretches where they just need some guy to get them a bucket, and tonight that was George Hill.
1: Yeah, in my approximation, he was one of two bench guys who was really any good in this game. Uh, rough game for Dante, rough game for Pat C., who I, I can't believe that Dante and Pat C. both played 14 minutes. It really felt to me like Did they? Dante... Wow. That's what ESPN has that. That's that's shocking to me. But that NBA uh, stats has that too. Wow. Yeah, I I don't know where Pat's 14 minutes came from. He was plus 0 over 0 1 shooting and some some counting stats, but not a whole lot. But uh Dante seemed to get more run or at least more premier run. And, and my issue with him maintains. I mean, I talked about this Let me think this morning right now, yesterday morning, probably as you are listening to this on BJ and the bear, a great radio program in the Fox Valley. Check that out. If you don't listen to them ever on the score, but um, I don't know why I just plugged someone else so hurriedly in the middle of the show. (laughs) They're good people. It's late. Who cares? Um, The one thing I don't like about Dante is his, is his uh, just propensity to shoot everything. Like the second Dante touches the ball, he's like, he's pretty likely to just let it fly from there. And I'm not a fan of that. And, that led to his 0-2. I'm kind of surprised he only took two shots, honestly, but neither of his two shots were very good shots, in my opinion. I didn't think he had a good overall game, but as you as you described, George Hill with a terrific outing. That is a season high. Uh, he scored 19 once earlier in the season. And then Kyle Korver, still doing just wild Kyle Korver stuff. I mean, the 1-3 he made where he was kind of moving to his right, uh, the Bucks were scoring on the basket on the left side of the TV at the time. That's a technical term. And he was like, like the ball was kind of out in front of him and you could like see his wrist extend in kind of a weird angle. And it still is just like a, an insane splash. I mean, I don't know if there's... Well, not all, I'm trying to phrase it. Like in terms of like through nothing but just pure shooting, I don't think I've ever had more fun watching a buck.
2: No, it's it's... <laughs> It's one of, he's one of those players where even if like guys like Giannis are on the floor, where it's like, you know, league MVP, one of the most uh, dynamic players in the NBA, he's just, you're still going to watch Kyle Corver just run around the court. Because it's just, it's so fascinating because you're always waiting for him to get that small little sliver of airspace where he can catch the ball and shoot it. And it's uh, it's so much fun to watch
1: honestly sometimes it feels like he doesn't even need the space like he will be open for two seconds and within that two seconds he's firing a shot it is wild to watch
2: yeah no it's it's like I've been watching Kyle Korver play basketball for a long time he's he's always been a favorite of mine and he's just it's it's just amazing every time like it never gets old
1: there is a joy to watching him do it on, the, on, on your team, so to speak, on the Milwaukee Bucks. It's just, it's exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Kyle Corver yeah. to the Milwaukee. Wait, do you have something?
2: No, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, like, Kyle Corver to the Bucks and Bucks fans, it just feels like a gift. And Rohan, the holidays are almost here. And that means more gifts, more than just Kyle Corver. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Maybe I'll get one for you, Rohan. Unlike more brands, Untuck it shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. I hear that's stylish. Untucked shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his size. He looks casual and sharp. That's crucial. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages no matter what your frame looks like. No matter what your body type is, Untuck It will fit it, and they have lots of material design and color options to fit everyone's tastes. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online, or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, that's crucial in, in the Wisconsin market, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. Those are all negatives. Let's avoid those. Their website? It's so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. Whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Blue Wire also comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That is a top-tier sponsor slogan, probably of all time. I know my fellow guys out there can all relate to a story about making one false move, so to speak, down below during a trimming session. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents, we're going to put those in the past. We're getting rid of those. Those are out of here. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, please. That's nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The technology, in 2019, folks, it's top tier. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. Seriously, this is a good deal. Manscaped.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. And we're back. I, I keep laughing during the Manscaped ads because I, I want to make some sort of a weird, like, basketballs joke. But I feel like it's just, like, the the fruit is too low-hanging almost. No. You'll get there. I believe in you. I'll, I'll keep workshopping and I'll come well, up with something. So, you're the best in the business. I believe in you. Ah, It means so much to me, Rohan. Let's, let's talk about, I think, an issue, probably fair to say. Uh, I don't think either of the Lopez brothers has looked very sharp this season so far. Uh, I've liked Brooks' performances a little bit better than Robins, but uh, neither of them hitting threes so far. I, I don't know what are your what are your low bros takes thus far in the season. And granted, again, I feel like we need to say this like ninety times a pot or people get mad. It is early.
2: Yes. Uh. Well, here's the thing. Uh, with Brook Lopez, I feel like we can easily attribute what's been going wrong with is just his shooting, because like he's he's still fitting into the de- defensive scheme. He's still making the right uh, reads, right passes when he needs to. It's just his shooting hasn't been as great as it was last season. The thing with Robin Lopez is he's he's a completely different player. Like he, it was thought during the summer that oh we could turn him into sort of a Brook-esque player, like who can space the floor and can defend the rim. Well, that has not turned out to necessarily be the case. He is shooting, what is it, 18.8% from three uh, in this young season. Again, young season. But he's- It's his not shot good. Is, it's not good. His shot is not there. He And with that, he's just sort of going to these hooks. He's going to isolations in the post, which he does make at a high frequency. But it's just, it's not as high as it, you would want it to be. And it's just, it's not the type of shots you would want in the scheme of this offense. It's just he's, the fit seems kind of clunky,
1: if that makes sense. Oh, that makes plenty of sense. Um, and that, that I, I agree completely on Robin. I just, it, it's been tough. He's just – I don't think he's the shooter. And he just, you don't want to say as advertised because it's not like Robin Lopez. Like He didn't start shooting threes last year. This was the season he was going to start shooting threes. So it was probably premature to expect him to be good right away. Um, but 18.8% is pretty, pretty very not good. Uh, and defensively, he hasn't, I don't know, I think Brooke is a little faster. I think Robin is a little bit slower, maybe stronger. But he hasn't, I don't know, he he seemed out of place. I think part of it is, and this is something in general I'd like to talk about more, but these bench mile lineups I keep seeing run where it's like, oh, that's where Patsy got his minutes. George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo ursan and and robin lopez and i i hate this lineup i just think like in the nba you should probably play at least one forward probably two forwards at all times and i know ursan is listed as a forward but the way ursan plays it's like he's not going to defend a three like he's not that's not what he does like he can sort of defend fours that's about all he's doing well not all he's doing he's useful on offense he hits shots not a good shooting night tonight usually he hits shots great offensive rebounder takes charges all this but you don't want him guarding like key ball handlers on the perimeter and everybody else in that lineup is either robin lopez or a guard and i just don't think it's sustainable long term i don't like it i don't have the i don't like using lineup data this early because the sample sizes are just too small but i don't know I, i don't know if anyone out there really openly likes this lineup what are your thoughts on this group
2: uh you know when i was talking about the wolves game and there was that stretch where it didn't look like basketball that lineup was on the court yeah (laughs) it's just i don't know where the offense is supposed to come from like who who who's the creator on the floor in this situation like is the primary creator like sure george hill knows what he's doing but does anyone else can anyone else sort of initiate a possession and turn it into something good like, I'm asking, do you think anyone can do that in that lineup? I
1: think I think the hope is that Tante can, uh, if not now at some point. But that's it's just asking a lot if he's going to be either the primary or secondary creator in a, a lineup that apparently, I mean, it's we've seen it in multiple games now, as, as you just mentioned. So I, I, it's just like, I mean, George Hill should be the number two guy in any lineup. Like, if you have, I mean, for, for their warts, Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton, and then also, of course, Giannis, who was, almost warproof if you have three guys of that caliber like one of them should i think should be on the floor at all times i think it's you're kind of just wasting the minutes if none of those guys are on the floor if, if the game is still in question and i mean i don't know i'd have to go look but i wonder if any of this i mean I, the starters haven't played well in third quarters either but i wonder if some of these big runs have been in part because of this lineup that just has a lot of trouble manufacturing points and i think Part of it comes to a wider thing. The Bucks quietly have had a three-point shooting problem this season. So I'm looking at the season numbers right now, and there's five players that are above 30.8% from three this year. And again, young season, but George Hill at 60% after tonight's game. Uh, six for seven definitely helped that number. Dante's at 50%, Kyle Korv is at 486 and Chris Middleton is at 373 And then you have Pat and Wes Matthews and Ursan all shooting around 29 to 30 Bledsoe is there too. Brook Lopez is 28. Uh, and then there's one more guy shooting above, I mean, average, I guess. So there's really no average shooters. It's like kind of good, very good, and then just crap. But Sterling Brown is shooting 57%, but I didn't say him at first because he's barely playing. And I guess I kind of wanted to loop from there into just a discussion on sort of the auxiliary players and what the starters should look like because – Wes Matthews, I believe, didn't play in the fourth quarter of this game at all. Uh, another rough game in a row after a pretty solid start from Wes. I mean, maybe we called off our two-guard leaderboard prematurely. I don't know. What are your thoughts on sort of the Bucks supporting cast and maybe a potential lineup change to that fifth starter?
2: Uh, going back to what you said about uh, staggering creators, like, the Bucks have three primary creators and they're not difficult to name. Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Adetokounmpo. Like one of those three should be on the floor at all times. Like you said, it's, it's not, it's not that difficult, especially because there's three guys. Usually a lot of teams only have two guys that you can really trust as primary creators, but this team really has three. And I don't know. It's, it shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be that difficult to have one of those three on the court at all times. Like, uh, if you want to play George Hill, you can play him at a two guard or alongside Bledsoe. You can have him at a point of attack with Giannis. You can have him at the point of attack with Chris Middleton. It's. Like, I don't know. It shouldn't seem that difficult. It's almost like there's a concerted effort to only play bench guys because it almost feels more difficult to do that than to have a starter in there at all times.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they, they, the, the idea is just to keep that optimal group of five together the longest, which I know some coaches are believers in that. Personally, I'd rather just have the whole game blanketed. I, I would almost throw George Hill in the mix of like a, a really useful, reliable creator. And then you have four guys. It's like keep two of them on the floor at all times. I, I don't know. I just... I, I see the argument that is to be made like, oh, if you can survive those trebuchet minutes of five of your bench guys, then you get to keep you know the good guys out there together longer. But I don't know. I Truthfully, you, I, I don't like, really buy into it. The thing is it. you
2: don't you don't have to survive that, though, because you don't have to do it. Like yeah. you can you can you can have one one of the, your main three on the court and also limit their minutes. Like one of the main arguments is like, oh, you gotta limit the minutes of your starters, especially this early in the season. Well, you can do that by staggering them.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I just think it, it. Even if you're maybe you lose a little bit of ceiling on some lineups just of having more guys together for longer, but you certainly raise the floor by a lot on other lineups. So I'm I'm with you there. Yeah,
2: but in terms of in terms of starting lineups, I still think it might be a lit like. We might have called it a little too early, but I'm also saying like oh, maybe maybe it's a little too early to sort of go into uh, getting away from West because he does he does the little things. He's he's okay defensively. He was chasing yeah. around Landry Shamit, especially in the first half, he was holding his own there, um, and he was it. It seemed fine. It's just the, he's just missing shots when he should be making shots. But it's like if you replace him, let's say I'm not saying he should, but maybe Dante. If you put Dante in the starting lineup instead of Wes Matthews, is Dante going to give you that consistent defensive presence that Wes mm-hmm. does? Is he going to get the steals? Is he going to get um, just be in the right place at the right time? Is he going to be able to make the right pass like Wes can? Like That's the stuff you start to lose when you get away from Wes Matthews. While it may be easy to scapegoat and say, he's not making his shots, so we got to get him out, there are other factors.
1: No, and yeah, I don't think it should just be because of two poor shooting games. I wouldn't make a move right now, I don't think. But it is interesting. Eight players played in the fourth quarter. Wes Matthews is not one of them. Uh, I just went back and checked that. Uh, the only one to have a positive plus minus in that quarter was, ironically, Dante DiVincenzo. But I, I think like, if you look at it from who would I want to see, I'd say Wes for now. Sterling Brown, I think, has deserved more of a look than he's gotten this season. I mean, he's been effective in really limited minutes. I would like to see more of him. I don't know if we will just because there's this absolute logjam at the two. And then something I I raised in the the Discord uh, during the game, kind of late during the game. What about Kyle Korver? I mean, the defensive issues are there, and I know people are going to immediately go, well, you don't want Korver playing big minutes in, in every game, and I agree with that, but I mean, you can start someone and, and not play them a ton of minutes. I mean, Corver is averaging 16 right now. So. You can do the, the old-school Thon start. Exactly. Or, I mean, the Patrick Patterson start. Patrick Patterson is oh, yeah, continuing too. to start Clippers games for whatever reasons and plays 16 minutes, which is right around what Corver's is averaging this year. So, you know, play him five in the first run and then split out the other 11 through the game. I, I don't know if you want to close with him because of his defense, but – and I guess that maybe you probably wouldn't want to open with him either, but just the shot making is so interesting and getting him extended to run with the other, the four obviously best player, Well, four of the best players on the team. Uh, <laughs> it interests me a lot. I don't know. And, and there's, I mean, Sterling is there. There's obviously Dante. Some people would say Dante. And then, I mean, there's I, you could probably make an argument that just on like the pure five best players, George Hill should be in there. But I just think it makes a lot more sense to, Really intentionally stagger him from from the jump by letting him work with those bench units as long as it's just not him and all bench players
2: yeah i I don't necessarily think that Kyle Corver should start games because you't you kind of you want him down the stretch because he can help you put games away like we, we've seen that this team can build leads and then they can get away from leads, but it's like what, where you put the game away is like the third and fourth quarter you're not going to put completely put the game away in the first or second quarter unless you're up by like 40 or 50. Uh so if you bring Kyle Corver off the bench and save him for this long extended runs in the second half because he tends to play more in second halves, you sort of get this sort of, yeah. he could be part of your death lineup if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. So you no, bring Kyle Corver and it's in, in at the two spot with the regular starters or maybe go with Urson or someone just for ultra spacing uh with Brooks shooting struggles taking into consideration um uh, and you just sort of have like a like a death lineup where
1: you can just sort of bury teams when you need to I do wonder if a true death lineup would feature George Hill instead of Kyle Korver um I think I th- I wa- to it's remember. tough because
2: Kyle Corver, he brings you that insane shot-making, but George Hill is that steady hand who can you can run an offense, make a right pass, and he can just go get you a basket when you need it. So it I mean, is if tough.
1: You want to, if you want to talk about a guy who can drive to replace Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, I think what's on the roster right now, I would probably say uh, that George Hill is the closest thing. and yes. I mean, that that is useful in itself. I, I do worry with Hill about just – Potentially burning him out. That's my biggest concern with talking about him as a starter, or you know, just in terms of even playing more and playing as much as he has. And George Hill took a nasty elbow to the face that had him swollen up like Rocky in the fourth quarter of this game. I don't think it was intentional at all by Lou Williams, but just ended up that way. It's tough for George, but I don't know. I I'm a little concerned about I don't know. George Hill's playing hard. Kyle Korver's like diving for loose balls and defending like a dog, although it doesn't always work. I don't know. I'm, I don't know how I feel. Yes, he's certainly trying, and props to him for doing that at age thirty-eight. I don't know how I feel about those guys playing that hard that early, though. Am I? Am I concerned about nothing right now?
2: Uh, I would. I would agree with you, and your concern. It's just you can't. You need these guys for the for the stretch run. You need these guys for the postseason. You, like, just you don't need them in early November to be doing this much. You like Kyle Korver is already resting on back to backs, which I think is a good thing. I was not really expecting that to happen. Were you? I didn't.
1: I hadn't like. Th- I really hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I hadn't neither heard I. anything about it. But I, when when they said yeah. it, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that like this makes is a, a good whole idea. lot of sense.
2: Which is good. Like they're they're taking that into consideration. They need to save him. They, but yeah, that I mean I am a little worried about that with George Hill too because he We're- Actually, he hasn't had a lot of extended run these past couple seasons, if you really think about it. He was with the Kings for a sec. He was with the Cavs for a sec. And I don't know. It's You still have to take that into consideration when you're getting up there in age like George Hill is. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just say, yeah, we do need to save him along with Kyle Korver and maybe Wes Matthews too.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I was looking up something. Right now, I wanted to give proper attribution. We're talking about George Hill and death lineups. I couldn't leave this out. Cowboy of Space from the Eurogroup Discord Discord, excuse me, called George Hill the Bucks Andre Iguodala and that and that sort of scenario and that uh, analogy. And I was like, I didn't really think of it before, but I, I totally buy it. I think Hill is a better shot maker. I think Iggy much better defender and obviously a more versatile defender, but sort of that same sort of you're not really gonna start that group together, but the team's probably at his best with him in there, and mm-hmm. also that sort of calming presence idea as well. I really like that. That no, comparison. that was a great comparison. And just I, I talk about in the the Discord a lot, so I I didn't tweet that much for this game, which I didn't. I kind of forgot it was a, a national TV game. I probably missed out on some crucial brand growth there. That's mostly sarcasm, but. I decided I just wanted to hang out in the, the Discord and talk to, you know, the fellow Bucks fans and fans of the show in there. And it was super fun. I think Rohan and I both had a good time. And oh,
2: we had a great time.
1: So far, absolutely great. Great freaking time. Great hecking time to uh, keep our clean tag on, on iTunes and other pod distributors. But um, so far, it's just been I've, – I've basically tweeted and said, hey, send me on Twitter – uh, a picture of you listening to the pod or you subscribe to the pod and i'll get you the link to get in there discord is like a slack like communications app if you don't know i'm gonna open it up just because i realize not everyone's on twitter not everyone sees my tweets which is a shame obviously but you can also email that to me at tywindishnba at gmail.com if you want to email yourself a picture of you either subscribed or listening to eurostep i will get you in the discord as well i just wanted to open it up for that but george hill certainly a crucial player. Um, I we have one question we have to ask from the discord we have one shout out to get out as well before we wrap here but first I just want to toss you an open-ended question that I, I did not warn you about this earlier so this is no, going to be on not. the fly I'm, I'm very scared okay perfect that's exactly what I wanted if you had to pick one real problem to be concerned about with the Bucks through this this early start this you know good start Bucks are 6-2 and two, more wins than any team in the east at least going into today's games they led the NBA in net rating but if you had to pick one problem to be truly concerned about, which one would you be worried about the most so far?
2: I'd probably say the propensity for this team to get into shooting slumps. Ah. There's just there's just these stretches again in these third quarters that we've always been talking about where they just cannot make a shot to save their lives, and that sometimes you know, it costs them their lives. They lose the games. We've seen that in their two losses. They they just go on these insane cold streaks and then they let their opponent get back in and then all of a sudden they've lost the game. It's, if that sort of stuff happens down the stretch, other teams will eat them alive. It's, it's a problem that can be fixed because again, it's like shooting slumps. like These can happen like team-wide and all of a sudden in April, no one can miss a shot on the entire team. And so it's, it's not really like a problem that needs to be like addressed because it's like, it's, it's a make or miss league to use that cliche. It's just, it comes and goes, but it seems to be going right now. And if that, it is a problem that can be exploited. There's not as like, there's a lot of shooters on the roster, but do these shooters actually make a lot of baskets? That's something that needs to be found out as the season goes on. And if not, maybe there needs to be some upgrades made.
1: That's a good concern. Mine is not related to the shooting specifically, so I'm kind of glad that we're going to be at different places here. I'm kind of worried about the center rotation. You know, we talked earlier about Robin Lopez. I've been pretty, pretty vocally sort of low on Robin Lopez. I think he can turn. I think he can win me over. I really do. It. It is. Now, now we've really hit the quota of saying it's early, but it is early. Uh, he has added something nice with his little, you know, turnaround floating hook shots. The spacing not being there is tough, but I think you can get over it. I, I need him to be better defensively, but I'm a little worried about Brook and not offensively. I think the shot will come around eventually. He's always been streaky. I think he can he'll, he'll go on that hot run soon and, and get his average up to at least 35 ish percent. But defensively, I noticed in this game a lot, and I was seeing it in a lot of the other games as well. Just he'll be in his spot with the both hands up and. You know going to defend something and i just always am prone to immediately going oh he's going to get a piece of that or disrupt that shot or whatever like we're so used to seeing that from last year i mean he's a block machine but more than that even just making guys alter shots or think twice about making the shot and trying to dish out and the bucks got a lot of turnovers off of those in-flight decisions and i just keep seeing the the floaters the lay-ins the the everything else go right over his hands into the hoop and i I think it's kinda of tough to harp on him too much for that right after. I mean, Montrez Harrell had the game of his life from floater range and, and Sweet Lou Williams always is able to convert those. So maybe it was just the fact that this was a bad matchup for the Bucks scheme, but it just feels like we're saying that the Bucks are having bad matchups for their schemes more than we have in the past. So I don't know if Brooks been a little bit slower to start the year for whatever reason, or maybe if just teams are trying to capitalize on that, you know, outside the paint restricted area. Zone now that they know the Bucks are kind of willing to give it up, but either way, I'm just I'm a little concerned with how that spot is fared, especially on defense, as the Bucks have given up a lot of points to start the season.
2: Yeah, and uh, when you were saying about Robin Lopez, I got reminded of Chris Middleton early last year because Robin Lopez, even when because his shots not falling, he doesn't seem to be a player that really fits into the system. Like I said earlier, that he's kind of a clunky fit. So I I'm interested to see how they adapt his role going forward because I'm sure they will. They're going to work at it. Um so and Chris Middleton and Mike Brunson they sort of had to work through it and I think I think there'll be some sort of thing reached between Bud and Robin Lopez about how they can how they can sort of integrate his skills into this offense rather than forcing him to fit within this offense.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I, it does seem like he's fit out a little bit to use an old LeBronism, and <laughs> I think everyone would be better off if he would if he were to fit in. That's a good way of looking at it, Rohan. Yeah. Um, a shout out to the shirt thing on Discord. I think he just asked, and I said, "Yeah, sure." So that's the perks you some,
2: get for being in the Discord.
1: Exactly, and shout out to uh, I ought punch you, aka Matt, who copped a, a Eurostep T-shirt today. He was said he was going to. If Giannis got to five threes, and Giannis didn't, but before the game even ended, I just I just saw a screenshot of the order in, in the in the group chat, and just goes, I I lied, I got it anyway. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. I always like to see someone in the merch. Mine, mine is not in the mail yet. It should be in the mail soon, but I'm super excited for the uh I moved through five surf with the Eurostep shirt. But one last Discord thing, and then we'll stop talking about the Discord. Mostly because the episode will be over. A question raised in there. Is Ursan Ilyasova, if the Bucks win a title with him on the roster, is Ersan Ilyasova going to get his number retired in Milwaukee? I'm handing it to you first. I'm pulling a Giannis and hot potato in the pass right, right away from me. Rohan, what are your thoughts on Ersan and getting his numbers in the rafters?
2: I say Yes. <laughs> I, s- I feel like if the Bucks win a title, you just go all out. You honor that entire team. That entire every single person on that roster gets a street named after them. They all get their jerseys retired because it's it's. If the Bucks win a title, it's going to be incredible. Am, am I wrong in saying that you got to celebrate every single person? It's very 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 difficult to win a title. We've seen the Knicks have freaking uh what was it ceremonies for a team that reached the conference finals. That's where we got the epic <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy jacket
1: picture from. Oh, I love that pick.
2: Yeah. So it's like if the teams are doing that to celebrate reaching a conference finals, the Bucks got to go all out if they win the title. And that includes retiring Ersan Eliasova's number. But I will have to say, not just in the context of him being a part of the team, he has been a big Contributor to this franchise. He's had three different stints, like you mentioned, uh, I think in our Discord another plug. Uh, <laughs> and it's just, he's he's always there. When you think of Ersan Ilyasova, you think Milwaukee Bucks.
1: You do. He's been on a lot of teams. One of the issues is he's worn three different numbers with the Bucks.
2: You retire um, all three.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the Kobe the Kobe to another level. Urson in his first stint with the bucks right after he got drafted wore 19 then when he came back after playing in spain for a few years he wore seven then he bounced all over the nba for a little while just for over a couple years but he bounced all around uh and he comes back and wears 77 last year and this year right back down to seven so a lot of sevens and also 19 in play for ursan iliasova i don't know if you retire everyone's number that's basically what the blazers did with their one title they went and retired everyone around and i think i don't know i don't know how i feel about that exactly
2: okay maybe uh, not everyone but, but you but just got to go all
1: out i i kind of see the uh i kind of see where you're coming from i'm trying i'm looking around right now to see how many stats ursan is like ranked in bucks all time and he's actually 10th in total rebounds in bucks history that's something. Uh, not top 10 in total points at this point, but neither is Giannis, so that's pretty forgivable. Although Giannis is first in defensive rebounds. That doesn't – uh, I'm Already? sure Kareem's numbers didn't count. I'm sure Kareem's numbers weren't counting, but, yeah, apparently yeah. Giannis is. Ursan is eighth in defensive rebounds, too. Giannis is third in total rebounds. Yeah, I think they didn't differentiate yeah, rebounds that's when Kareem played. Be yeah, because he's leads in total by a mile. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Ursan uh, – Zero-time All-Star, yeah. But I think I think what it really matters is, like, if he's still an important contributor on the title team, especially in the playoffs, you could probably win me over. And also, I think it would be cool just because he is, you know, a long-time Buck who's come back voluntarily multiple times. There is something cool to say about that. So I could see sort of the – I don't know. It's I don't know if there's any comp for, like, Ersan's, like – the perception of Urson for bucks fans because it's not it's like sort of endearing and also kind of like haha ursan still on the team is kind of the vibe it's it's difficult it's hard to characterize but it would i think just i kind of hope it happens just so it happens because it would be i mean just freaking hysterical
2: no yeah like matt said in the discord he said he's the bucks nick nick collison yeah, I that's that's, that's pretty close.
1: Yeah, yeah I think Ursan better than Nick Collison though.
2: Yeah, Ursan actually like plays basketball.
1: Yeah. So I like, guess we're both just for it. Yes. I was
2: not expecting you to be for it.
1: I like Ursan.
2: I know. I but, mean it's a title.
1: It's a title. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. I so want to live on
2: Ursan Ilyasova way.
1: That would be, that would be. Hilarious. <laughs> put it in like a random town.
2: No, it's got to be in Mequon because he's been the cover. Of oh Mequon yeah, that's later. right.
1: Yeah, put it put it in Mequon. <laughs> make make Main Street Ursan so just Ursan Street. Everyone knows him as Ursan. I wonder like who would all get their numbers retired? Like Giannis, obviously. I think Chris and Eric Bledsoe, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we we've already established Ursan. Brooke brooke i guess if he's still starting on the title team and then george hill and george hill dj wilson he, just for the banter okay <laughs> 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 dj wilson for mobilizing the most twitter support I, yeah. we've got we've we've gotten out of control we here are off one. the
2: rails we this is what you rails. get we do this for you it is twelve forty six a.m and we are going for this just for you guys i hope you appreciate <laughs> it
1: i again i don't think anyone cares but maybe we'll see um Let's wrap it up here. I think this is the perfect place now that we've talked. We've officially broached the subject of DJ Wilson's number of retirement so far. Uh, great podcast here. Uh, if you'd like to hear more quality, sleep-deprived content like this, subscribe to the Eurostep on whatever platform and make sure to rate it and review it there as well because that helps us out a lot. Uh, follow us both on Twitter at TyWindish, at Arkadi Jr., uh, obviously for myself and Rohan. Uh, continue to support the pod as you guys and, and gals have done so, so well so far. We super appreciate it more than you know. Please continue listening. Please keep telling people about it, posting about it. Uh, cop the merch. Uh, I moved through serve with the Eurostep shirts with a, a very conveniently designed deer. They are, to put it mildly, fire. Um, but otherwise, from myself, from Rohan, thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next time on the Eurostep.